0: Two hundred and sixty euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh, and this is Fobbs. and this is the Kickback Pod.
1: Yo, yo, yo! What is good, guys? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Kickback Pod episode 43 once again here with my man fobs we got a special episode today we actually managed to do this episode thanks a lot to the help from you guys you guys were quite involved in helping us decide on the outcome of this topic and the topic by the way is current sneaker power rankings we're going to explain a little bit later on how we decided on the order and also how we came up with the criteria for how we decided on the power rankings, but before we do that, let me talk to my man Fobs. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited for this episode for the topic. Um, you've already mentioned we kind of got you guys, the listeners, involved, which I'm always a big fan of. But yeah, other than that, doing really well, chilling. You know, enjoying dad life, um, figuring out the whole work life baby balance. But, yeah, feeling good. What about you, man? How are you doing?
1: Work-life baby balance. Nice. Uh, I'm doing good as well, man. Just uh, I'm pretty happy. I love this time of the year because all of my favorite sports are back. NBA is back. You know, uh, We got uh, Premier League in full swing. Uh, I also like. I had some big life changes uh, over the last couple of weeks. I ended up getting eye surgery on my eyes, laser surgery. Oh, I so saw that. So it's the first time. It's it's the first time since I was nine years old that I'm not wearing glasses, and it's been, like, revolutionary. Like, I, 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 like, just, like, little things. For example, going into a shower and actually seeing everything in the shower. Like, actually seeing (laughs) the shampoo bottles, actually being able to read the shampoo bottles. Like, (laughs) just, like, little things, like right after that surgery i was like wow this is insane like because it, it's kind of instant like right after you do the surgery you can already see like right. perfectly basically right after and i was just like amazed like it, it sounded like almost too good to be true like someone's just going to throw a laser in your eyes and then you can just see perfectly you know and as soon as it happened i was like wow this is insane i could see everything don't have my glasses on still getting used to it but um uh, totally recommended by the way for anyone who is considering getting laser eye surgery I totally totally recommend it so yeah that's been like the big change in my life and um yeah I'm pretty excited about this uh this new me uh let's uh should we should we give a shout out to our listener of the week
0: yeah let's do it but um real quick just on that note first of all congrats on the new vision but um I feel like The glasses are almost like what i associate you with you know so that's what everyone's
1: saying (laughs) it's it's
0: almost like you need to start wearing fake glasses just because
1: i think i will because i actually think i i like my look better with glasses too so i think i might start wearing at least i can you know easily switch out of different fake glasses you know change up the look depending on the vibe you know if i'm feeling if i'm feeling a bit like grungy you know wear some like Thick lenses. If, if I'm if I'm feeling like a barista, you know, I can get my barista glasses on. Um, yeah, you know, like I can, now it adds like a whole new dimension to my fits. <laughs> Let's say, you know, so so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. We will actually. That brings up a good point. We might need to change the uh, icon for the kickback pod, right? Because it's got like a picture of me with glasses.
0: Yeah, we might have to, although I would almost say, like, just for, like, nostalgia's sake, I would keep it for at least a, a little bit, and then we can change it in the future.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> I think I'm going to I'm gonna probably buy some glasses, because I'm not so sure I, I like the no-glasses look, so I'll, I'll probably go back to wearing glasses. <laughs> nice. Uh, but let's give a shout-out to the Listener of the Week. So we got Mike... Uh, his handle is Michael Michael Joan Jean, Michael Joanne Sorry, I can't. I'm sorry if I butchered that. But uh, shout out to you, Mike. Shout out for all the support on the on the pod. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's we got a big big topic, so let's just move into what we have been wearing over the last couple of weeks. Fobs, kick us off.
0: Yeah, I've been wearing a lot of the Puma re-suede, which is basically Puma's sustainable or more sustainable version of the classic suede sneaker. It's a shoe that is currently in the testing phase. Puma is testing their circular economy, which means that you don't actually own the shoe. You buy it and then have to send it back to Puma um, once you've worn it or worn it out, and you basically trade it for another pair of shoes. A lot of brands are testing this model. Puma's what, resuede. Really? So, yeah. So, wait. So, how did the. It's basically uh, to help with recycling because sneakers are a huge, huge, huge polluter because of all the rubber and glue and, and mixed materials that are used in sneaker construction. It's very, very hard to break down sneakers for recycling, so they just end up on the landfill. But the Puma Resuede is actually, as far as I understand it, a shoe that is biodegradable, and so they are going to basically just put these in the ground, and it apparently will biodegrade. And... A lot of brands are testing this, where you never—I mean, I don't want to say you don't own a pair of shoes, but like they want to offer you an avenue to dispose of the shoes in a responsible way or a more responsible way. Whether the brands actually do this or not is obviously um, still unclear, or you know, will be established, but. Basically, you get a pair of shoes from, you know, whatever brand that is testing this model, you wear them until you can't wear them anymore, and then you send them back. And usually you either get credit back or you get a new pair of sneakers, depending on what kind of model these brands are testing. With Puma, um, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that you basically, yeah, you, you get a new pair of shoes or, or something like that, and then they, uh, they dispose of the shoes in a more environmentally conscious way um i know that on okay. running is but on okay. running is testing this and a bunch of other brands as well
1: but how uh, when you say you can trade it for a new pair like do you just get a new pair basically as a replacement or you're you're paying for this new pair like i'm wondering like how are brands making money if they're just gonna let you trade shoes for new shoes
0: well Yeah, it it really depends on the brand again. So I know that On Running, for example, they do it so that you, it's like a subscription service. You pay monthly for a pair of shoes and um, over, I don't know, like two years, that shoe will have been worth 200 euros, for example. So you've basically worn a pair of 200 euro shoes, you send it back, you get a new pair and you pay that off over, however long you wear it and if you don't want it anymore you don't want to pay anymore you basically send it back so you can get a lot of value out of these shoes i'll say in that model for example it's like a subscription basis kind of
1: interesting interesting i'm excited to see other uh, bigger brands do this uh okay so as far as what i've been wearing i really have i feel like i haven't left the house in two weeks like i've just been really chilling and not doing much so I've mainly just been rocking the Salehi Crocs. Uh, that's been my go-to. Just going uh, outside to do errands, going to the uh, supermarket, going to walk my dog. I've just been rocking the hell out of the Salehi Crocs, and uh, it's it's you know it's comfortable. It looks good. Uh, I also picked up the the blue colorway. I don't know what it's called. I forget the name. They all have weird names. Yeah. But uh, I, I got. I've been mainly rocking the white pair, and I just recently picked up the blue one. And also, a shoe that I've kind of grown to love yet again, uh, and I've been wearing a little bit, is the Sakai Vapor Waffle, uh, the black and white pair. Uh, Still, to this date, my favorite Sakai pair ever made, uh, and my favorite colorway. Um, And I love wearing this shoe, especially in the fall time. I just think it looks good with a lot of different outfits. And uh, yeah, those... That's pretty much been it as far as like, uh, what I've been wearing. Like I said, I just haven't been leaving the house too much. It's mainly just been the Crocs lately. Nice. Um, but as far as pickups go, uh, what have you picked up in the last couple of weeks?
0: So I haven't picked up much. I think the last time we spoke, I picked up a pair of the Pata New Balance uh, 990 V3s for myself and my my son. Um, my son's pair arrived after like three days. Mine still have not arrived, so I'm still... Uh, what? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out where, where my pair went. Um, It's a bit annoying because I really wanted both here at the same time. I'm sure I'll get them at some point. I've already reached out to Pata Support. It'll be fine. I think they're working on it. It might have just gotten lost because I had a multi-item order. Um, But yeah, so just... To correct my pickup from last time, I did pick those up, but I do not have them in hand yet. So they're almost like a new pickup this week. I'm hoping that they arrive this week or next week. I'm very, very excited to see them in hand. Then I got two pairs of leaning shoes, which is not a brand we talk about too much on this podcast. Um, I was lucky enough to get seated or gifted two pairs. One of them is a running shoe called the Leaning Shadow which is a pretty wild-looking shoe that features the brand's boom midsole technology. Boom is basically Boost made in China. Um, It's kind of that styrofoam, EVA foam that is super, super comfortable and makes a really good running shoe. And then I got the Leaning Eric Ellington Signature Skate Shoe, which is a very low profile, low key skate shoe. So it's not super bulky. It reminds me a little bit of a Reebok Club C with more like synthetic futuristic materials being used. There's some like translucent stuff on the upper, which is really cool. And it also features the same boom midsole making it ultra, ultra comfortable. So two really, really nice pairs that I'm excited to wear um, because Leaning, like I said, is not a brand we talk about too often and also not a brand that, you know, I wear all that often, although it is growing in popularity. Maybe not enough to make our sneaker brand power rankings today, but it's definitely on the up and up. What about you, man? What have you picked up?
1: Uh, Pretty quiet, actually, on the pickup front. Uh, I did pick up the 2002R New Balance, the purple colorway. Uh, I'm talking about the protection pack, of course. Uh, There's like a purple and pink one that came out recently alongside a navy blue colored one. And uh, both, of course, fire. And I feel like there's no colorway that looks bad on the protection pack. And out of all of the recent colorways that came up, I really like this purple one the best. The combination of like that deep purple with the hits of pink looks really, really good on this shoe. Uh, So I managed to pick that up. And I also, I haven't picked up one of these in a long time. And I'm talking about like Nike Dunks. Uh, I didn't actually pick up a single pair of Dunks for myself all year round. There was only one pair that I was interested in that came out recently. That was the Argon colorway. That's just because it's a classic colorway and it's one of the most sought-after colorways from dunk collectors. In fact, before like dunks started to get super hype and then not so hype anymore, uh, the Argon dunk colorway was one of the highest reselling dunks uh, because they were just super rare. It was a Japan exclusive back in 2001. We haven't seen a retro since then. They finally retroed last week on the sneakers app. Uh, and i was able to get them in my size and in my opinion is one of the nicest dung colorways even though quality on this pair not so great once again but just happy to get that colorway
0: it reminds him a little bit about um not about it reminds me of squirtle from pokemon you know yes
1: yeah, yeah definitely it, it's it's that same it's like a unique blue color right like it doesn't look like the unc blue It's more of like a, I don't know, squirtle blue. Let's call it that.
0: Squirtle blue. Very nice. No, super, super nice colorways. Um, That brings us to our big topic of the day. As already mentioned, we are talking about the sneaker brand power rankings. So Josh, you actually thought of this idea and it was basically your shout to kind of come up with a top five of sneaker brands rank them based on several categories or factors and then kind of discuss them and present them to our listeners but also to involve the listeners and have them share their thoughts on which brands are hot which brands are not let me just uh yeah go ahead
1: oh so i just wanted to just clarify how we came up with the rankings so um, the whole idea of this actually came from, as you guys know, I'm a big NBA fan. And on the NBA website, literally every week during the season, they publish the NBA power rankings. And um, what that is, is it's not necessarily ranking every team from top to bottom according to which team is going to win the championship. That's not it. It's not even about which team has the most wins. It's mainly about. A bunch of factors including how hot the team is at the moment what are their prospects for the upcoming weeks and you know a bunch of other f- factors it's not really like i said just about which team has the most wins um and and that's kind of how we came up with our brand rankings our power rankings so it's not about just which brand sells the most because if that were the case then nike would win would be at the top spot every year for the last 10 years so it's not that simple we came up with a bunch of factors to give us these rankings so one of them is uh, what we call a heat check which is as it sounds how hot the brand is right now at this current moment then we got the future outlook which is like once again like it sounds um, what are the future medium to near term um, short to medium term prospects of the brand going forward do we see this brand getting even more popular uh, how strong are their current uh, collaborator roster, and finally, how strong are the brand's current general releases? So these are like the four major factors. And what we also did was we uh, we published our um, uh, a little survey form for you guys to fill out. I published that on my Instagram, and thank you to everyone that responded. We got a lot more responses than we expected, and uh, we're also so we're basically going to compare. Our rankings to your rankings, and we only, of course, focused on the top five. Uh, so we're gonna get into that, and uh, yeah, so I uh, I think it's a pretty a pretty interesting topic. Before we get into the top five, let's give some quick honorable mentions. So some brands that I was pretty surprised. So the number one brand that I was the most surprised didn't make it to either of our top five, nor the audience's top five was Adidas. So. Adidas right now, it seems like we have consensus in the sneaker community that they shouldn't even be considered in the top five for the best sneaker brands right now. I'm willing to bet that a lot of this has to do with what's going on with the Yeezy brand. Do you agree?
0: I think so. I mean, I don't want to speak too much on the whole Yay Yeezy brands of course scandal because honestly, I feel like Kanye has gone too far this time. But yeah, I think it's just been the bad press Adidas has received. It's been, you know, subpar releases that haven't really sold out. And outside of Kanye and, you know, maybe Bad Bunny, Adidas hasn't really generated that much hype, that much energy over the past couple of years, and I think that's really been felt by a lot of consumers. I mean, obviously now we're seeing, you know, the Samba really having another moment, a lot of these court classics, the Gazelle through the Gucci collaboration. So like there have been hits. I'm not trying to say that Adidas hasn't done anything right. It's just not been enough in comparison to or relative to the other brands. Adidas isn't bad. It's just that there's five brands that have been doing better. In our opinions and also in the listeners opinions
1: yeah definitely i think uh one of the main points is like the future outlook of the brand It doesn't seem too good right now of course with the everything going on with the yeezy i feel like yeezy brand value right now it's got to be at an all-time low i think just just the sense i'm getting from everyone i talk to my audience uh the comments I get in videos, like it, it seems like the brand value right now just couldn't be lower. So, yeah, uh, I agree. Um, Adidas just probably doesn't belong in the top five right now. Uh, another couple uh, that nearly made it to the top five A6. Um, so, A6, yeah, I, I do think that right now they're starting, they're, they're definitely on the uptrend. Huge collaboration with Jound. Um, but I still think that they have a long ways to go before we can start putting them in the top five. Um, they still don't, uh, besides when it comes to collaborators, of course, they just pretty much have Kiko and they got, and they got jaund And also as far as their general releases go, I don't see too much exciting stuff coming from them. Like, especially like newer models. It's kind of like, we know, we, we know they got the gel cayanos, We know they got, um, the, what's the other one? The Nimbus, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Gel Nimbus. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't see the shoes right now being adopted by a more mainstream sneaker audience. So I I also agree. They, they probably shouldn't be in the top five right now.
0: I would say I would have to disagree with you here. And I don't want to give away too much because we're going to jump right into our top five in a sec. But I was very surprised that Asics didn't make our top five. Um, it was replaced by a brand that I... Thought you know was on the cusp, but maybe not quite top five worthy. Um, we'll get into that one in a second, but yeah, I was very, very surprised. I think ASICS is doing a great job. I think their general releases are quite strong. I know it's driven mostly by classics, but even you know, their newer versions of those classics the gel Kayano 28, the gel Nimbus 22. Very, very solid shoes, obviously more performance leaning, but then with Kiko Stadinov at the brand and his team designing for men's and women's. I think there's some some hidden gems there and I think ASICS will see a lot more love than it has over the past couple of years in the next couple of years but obviously that remains to be seen. So yeah, that was one of the other honorable mentions and then the last one was Reebok which, you know, is a very very classic brand has Some cool, you know, projects ongoing had a little bit of hype towards you know 2020 2021 when they were bringing out a lot of really, really nice Club C collaborations. I'm talking about the Eames collab and some of the other ones as well. But yeah, I think relative to the brands that we have in our top five, these three brands just did not do enough. That being said, let's jump right into it. You are presenting. Number five, Josh, what landed at number five on our sneaker brand power rankings?
1: So at number five, maybe even a stretch to call it a sneaker brand, but I'm personally not surprised to see it in the top five. We're talking about Crocs. Yes, Crocs made it to our top five. And in comparison, uh, how, how did the audience vote number five? Number five was, okay, so you guys, the audience, you guys had Solomon as your number five which is pretty interesting uh but at number five we had crocs and here are my reasons so i think for talking about how hot the brand is right now i don't even think it's been this hot since 2007 2008 like when the world was going nuts on crocs but that was more of a fad now i think it's kind of really um part of mainstream sneaker culture. I think a lot of that had to do with the pandemic. Uh, Funnily enough, earlier in the episode, I was saying how I haven't left the house all week. And as a result, I've just been wearing Crocs. I feel like the two years that we had the pandemic, that was everyone, you know, like no one was going out. So I feel like the popularity of these more casual type of sneakers like foams, like Crocs, like they really kind of exploded in popularity because people really put a bigger value on comfort over everything else. And that led to the popularity of Crocs. Um, And now it seems like we all know Crocs were always popular with the average person. Uh, Like everyone always had a pair, you know, just to lounge around the pool or whatever. And But now I feel like they've they've gotten into sneaker culture due to some pretty good uh collaboration so the Salehi collab on the Pollux I think we can all agree that's a pretty nice looking pair of Crocs I've, I'm also someone who never really rocked Crocs before but I was really drawn to that shoe because I just thought it was very very interesting looking Salehi did a great job there and uh so as far as heat check goes I think that the brand is very hot right now besides the Salehi thing. I mean, they're also collaborating with some of the biggest fashion houses out there. I mean, we've seen the Balenciaga Crocs that Kanye was rocking. So, um, yeah, like they're not just collaborating with some small-time collaborators. We're talking about like big fashion houses, which is pretty huge. Um, As far as future outlook goes, uh, a, a pair that I actually picked up recently was the latest model from Crocs, that's the Echo, the Echo Dot, and the Echo Dot is—it's pretty much uh, the first mainstream pair of Crocs that is being targeted towards the fashion-conscious consumers. While at the same time, it has the same amount of comfort as your regular clogs. So it seems like Crocs is starting to, you know, really, ta- really target like the streetwear type of people, um, the the more fashion community. So I feel like in the near future there's going to be even more adoption of crocs and this is a very good looking shoe in my opinion uh the collaborator collaborator roster we already talked about Salehi, balenciaga uh the only the reason why i don't have them like higher on the list is because of the strength of general releases um i'm talking about like their general releases are what the classic clog which has been around for like 20 years and I still, I don't care what people say, I still think that's a super ugly pair of shoes. And I'm never going to own those. I'm never going to buy myself a pair of those general release ones because I've never liked how they look, even when they were at the height of popularity back in 07. Um, So I don't think they're too strong in the general releases. But other than that, I think the brand is pretty hot right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at it that they landed on our top five, but If this was my personal list, and just for the listeners out there, so, I mean, Josh explained it earlier, but what we did was we basically, independent of each other, gave around 10 different brands scores in four categories, and then we basically got the average score between our scores and then added everything up, and that's how we landed with our top five. So it wasn't like we discussed it beforehand. We both had our own opinions, and then we found a top five using the scores that we independently gave, and that's how Crocs landed in the top five. If you're asking me, I probably would have put A6 on this spot and Crocs in number six, but again, I mean, that's, just, that's what happens when you uh, do it the way we did, and I think that's also good, right, because it gives it a more objective almost uh, top five ranking. I think you're right. They have, you know, blown up in the last few years. I think the pandemic and stay at home has really helped them. And you mentioned Salehi and Balenciaga, but they've also had, you know, huge collaborations with the likes of Justin Bieber and Drew um, with some other creatives, I think Ass Pizza and basically... Post anyone- Malone. Post Malone, anyone who's anyone, I mean, there's been retailers who've had collaborations with uh, a Life, has had collaborations with Crocs. They've done collaborations with brands, with creatives, with musicians, and so their marketing strategy and their. Kind of influencer marketing strategy, their collaboration strategy, very, very on point. And, you know, I would say it's not undeserved that they're in the top five. So yeah, definitely an interesting pick, but also almost not even that surprising. So that was Crocs at five. Our pick at number four might surprise you guys a little bit. It is none other than Just Do It Nike, The Swoosh. Yes, nike is fourth on our list not in the top three not in the top two not in the top one it is fourth and for those of you who are thinking damn that's pretty low yeah that's pretty low but i would say that you know nike stock is definitely down not just in real life r.i.p my portfolio but also in our power rankings (laughs) and in the power rankings of a lot of people that i talk to on a daily basis i would say that Nike dominated the landscape, the culture, the community, the market from 2017 to 2020. You know, you had Virgil's The Ten, you had all the Air Jordan 1 collaborations, you had the Nike Dunk Mania, the SB Dunk Mania. Um, So if if we were doing this poll from 2017 to 2020, Nike would have been top one everywhere, I think. But it was only a matter of time before another brand took over. And I would say... You know, with with a caveat, Nike is never really out of fashion, right? So to see them fourth on our ranking is quite a surprise. I walk around Berlin, I walk around any city, and you probably see more Nikes than anything else, unless you're in like a super niche uh, town such as Zurich, where, you know, everybody's wearing on shoes because the brand is from Zurich or from Switzerland. But any big city in the world, you will see more Nike than anything else, which is testament just to how great nike's classics are but it's really it's the classics that are dominating feet with not so many new and exciting designs making it into the mainstream you know bar maybe like the nike air max 270 at least here in berlin and so for the heat check in my opinion i would say that nike is leaning a little bit too heavily on its classics and a lot of the new stuff that's coming out is falling flat if it's not linked to a certain collaboration or a hyped release or a limited release And that really hurts and devalues their heat check, in our opinions, because you can't just be leaning on your classics. You know, the Air Force One, like, yeah, that was created, you know, 40 years ago or whatever. That will always be amazing. But you need more and you need kind of relevant new stuff to be considered hot. Then in terms of future outlook, I would say Nike is probably the brand on the top five that has the most potential because They're starting at a relatively low position for Nike in four. And you can never count Nike out. I mean, they have incredible pull among consumers and collaborators alike. If you ask the both of us, like, what shoe would we want to collaborate on? I'd say chances are pretty high that it would be a Nike shoe, right? I would love to have my own Nike Air Force One collaboration. And so that is probably the same with people who have made it, who have made it so far to deserve a collaboration. There's a lot of people who only want to collaborate with Nike. Um, they also service all levels of the market, right? They've got their sneakers in mainstream fast fashion retailers. And I'm talking the JD Sports to kind of niche streetwear or designer fashion locations. In Berlin, that would be a VU store, for example, or an Overkill or a Soulbox. They are huge. And so Nike will always have potential. That being said, I think it will be sometime before Nike hits the heights of its off-white, the 10, or dunk success because that was, just, that was just next, next, next level hype and heat and energy around the brand. And to create that, stars need to align a little bit. And I think that can happen, but that kind of bang will happen further down the line. I think Nike can improve its rankings if we do this in a year. Nike has the potential to definitely improve, but it's anyone's guess as to where they'll land and what sneaker it will be that puts them there. Speaking about collaborators, I mentioned a couple, but you've obviously got Travis Scott, Social Status, Matthew Williams, Sakai, Stussi. So we're talking about big, big, big brands, big retailers too, big um, creatives, big people in the industry that are all working with Nike. So Nike can pull these strings because they have a huge, huge pull in the culture. Again, I mentioned this before, but strength of generalies, I think that's where Nike loses a few points because they're classics rock, right? They're always highly highly popular generally sneakers on the market. It's mostly the classics though. It's the Nike Air Max 1s, it's the 97s, it's the 95s, it's the Air Force 1, it's the Air Jordan 1. Although, you know, that's obviously a Jordan and not a Nike shoe. A lot of new releases have flopped like I said. So it's a bit of a mixed bag here and I think this is probably the biggest reason why Nike lands at 4 and not in one of the three top places in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm actually quite surprised to see it this low on the list. Um I I don't remember my responses right now, but like I definitely gave it some pretty high high marks. Uh I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about Nike. They're by far the biggest brand out there, and like you said, you can never count them out. They're one brand that is, you know, consistently giving us new silhouettes every year, uh mainly because, you know, their design team is probably there's probably more employees in their design team than like all the employees at some of the other brands we're going to talk about a bit later. You know, like this, this, this company is just a gigantic company. Um, But I do think that right now, mainly because of the strength of some of their collabs that they're doing, it was a big loss, you know, to lose, of course, Virgil, to lose the whole off-white that, that was like, I think peak, peak Nike, uh, in 2017 to 2020, like you said, so it's going to take some time to reach those heights again. And it's going to be quite difficult, to be honest. They do, of course, have Travis, whose, um, whose, whose releases do, you know, sell out. They generate a bit of hype, but they're not. I mean, we've discussed it before from a design point of view. It's not like they're the most special sneakers out there. They are very hyped, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm so surprised to see it at number four, though, because like, you can never say that Nike has a bad future outlook. They're, they're Nike, you know, they're, they're you know, they're going to come out with something. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting. What, By the way, the I uh, yeah, just well, wanted to give the audience, they had number four. Uh, they actually, you guys had A6 at number four, which was definitely quite interesting as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you guys did not have Nike at number four. You had A6, which... I'm happy at least that ASICs made one of the top five rankings because I'm a big, big fan of what the people there are doing. And you know, they have some of the most comfortable sneakers. So definitely deserving to be on the listeners' top five. Unfortunately, it didn't make ours. Josh Europe, what is at number three on our ranking?
1: So at number three, we got Jordan Brand, which uh yeah, Jordan Brand interesting to see them at number three i i thought for sure they would be below nike in our list um but they somehow landed at number three uh from a heat check point of view yes i think even though this is a legacy brand even though the brand is named after michael jordan it's based on his legacy and michael jordan now hasn't played in the league in more than 20 years uh yet somehow even though the brand is tied to him they've managed to successfully gain popularity among an audience that didn't grow, up, didn't grow up during the Jordan era. So even very younger audiences, are, are younger consumers are, are wearing the ones, wearing the fours, wearing a lot of different Jordans. So they've, they've managed, I think, to successfully gain a bit of traction with a younger demographic. Um, however, I still think, you know, from a future Outlook point of view, how long is that going to last? Um, One thing that they still haven't managed to do since like the early 90s is release a new model that is very popular, that that reaches any sort of the popularity of their strongest models, like the ones, like the threes, like the fours. None of their new models are gaining that kind of popularity. Uh, So it's a brand that relies extremely heavily on retros, And how long is that going to last? Because after a while, at some point, people are going to get tired of it. We've already started to see the ones right now. They're starting to hit the outlets. It's happening once again. Basically, 2015, 2016 is happening all over again. The ones are now hitting the outlets. They're going on sale. They're sitting on sneakers apps for weeks. And um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of inevitable because the brand relied so heavily on this one shoe the jordan one so because of that they released a different jordan one in multiple colorways every single week people just got tired of it now the retail price of the ones are so high so um the brand i as far as future outlook goes my opinion i don't think the future outlook looks too great for jordan brand unless they can pull something out of their design team and, and come up with a model that, a new model that somehow gains a lot of popularity. The strength of the brand, however, and the reason why it remains at number three, even ahead of Nike, I think is because of the strength of their collaboration roster. It's very, very strong. It's stronger than Nike, I feel. So we got Ama maniere which is consistently giving us some of the best Jordans we've seen in the last decade. Of course, goes without saying, union union has been like come on have they even missed on a jordan like everything they produce is excellent we got so many other brands that i haven't even mentioned like maison chateau rouge coming up with some beautiful collabs of course as far as hype goes we got travis scott with his lows and ones which i know you hate but (laughs) people love man those mocha reverse mochas that released earlier this year still one of the highest reselling shoes this year so people people love the travis releases uh so i do think you know the strength of their collaborations are very very good um if we move on to like strength of their general releases that's where i think they are in a bit of trouble because let's be honest it's really only the ones and the fours and the threes which actually consistently sell out especially in the states. The ones, threes, and fours, regardless of colorways, they seem to eventually sell out. The ones are starting to sit a little bit, but however, any of the other models, they're not selling out. They're not selling out. They're all hitting outlets. And let's not even talk about like their new shoes. So, like the Jordan, which, the latest one was the Jordan thirty-seven, I believe, right? Yeah. And the thirty-seven, I don't know if you guys saw it, but last week in a um, NBA preseason game between the Celtics and the Raptors. The uh, Grant Williams from the Boston Celtics was wearing the Jordan Thirty Seven, and it just literally blew. It just completely burst while he was trying to make a move to the basket. It just destroyed itself and just blew up, which is a pretty bad look for a brand that's trying to you know show off that you know they have a be- they have some better tech in their new models. But either way, like uh, I think the strength of the brand relies on their strength of their collabs. I don't see a good future outlook for them what do you think
0: yeah i think that jordan brand is one of those brands that relies very heavily on its classics i mean we've discussed that with uh with nike already i think jordan brand is more so because the only jordans that are exciting or interesting to most people are the ones that jordan actually wore whilst playing right and obviously the guy is what Fifty something, sixty something. So he's not playing anymore. He's not going to be wearing the Jordan Thirty Seven. He it might have his name on it, but he doesn't really endorse it. So and also they're geared more to today's level of performance, which makes them a little bit unsexy for casual wear. We're not, you know, it's not 20, uh, 2010, 2011 where people are wearing KD's, Lebron's, and uh, and Kobe's casually the that time is over and i don't think that time's coming back um now you're right i think uh jordan has to look to the past and has to hope that these icons remain relevant and in demand i think they will to a certain extent but like you've said if they flood the market with certain shoes then you know it's inevitable that they start ending uh ending up not selling out or ending on the uh sale rack um the best thing they can do is probably rotate their silhouettes a little bit better maybe you know freeze out the one don't release any ones for a couple of years and then people will be begging for air jordan ones um but yeah it's uh yeah i'm not that surprised that jordan brand isn't that high but uh a little bit surprised that it's higher than uh, nike i must say
1: and who did the audience have at number three also jordan you guys brand, oh you guys, <laughs> you guys also had jordan brand at number three okay so we all agree on one thing
0: yep So let's go to number two. Yep. Coming in at number two is the sexiest outdoor brand on the market. I'm talking about Solomon. And to those that are getting into Solomon this year, last year, I would say this is around the time that it's really hit the mainstream and the hype for the brand has hit the mainstream. But In fashion circles, it has been around since around 2018, 2019. That's when the collaboration strategy and the colorways were really picking up and, you know, the sneakers were starting to sell out. So I would say that the brand has been strong for almost five years now, you know, three to four years for sure, um, but just has blown up since the GORP core and functionality-based trend has blown up. Um, or has has increased in popularity. It's benefited from great marketing and collaboration strategy, um, but it's really been that mainstream push that's brought it to number two on our list. I'm not surprised that it's here. To be honest with you, I think that you know the fact that you can get um, you can get Solomon shoes at a VU or an Overkill, but also at a Zalando or JD Sports speaks volumes. It's very very similar to nike strategy in that you can kind of get the classics everywhere and when we're talking about solomon i mean they have some really really nice shoes but the two that stand out are obviously the xt4 and the xt6 and i would say those two pairs are actually one of the very few sneakers that is guaranteed to get you engagement on social media whether you're a retailer a creator an influencer. Um, or, whatever, if you post a pair of XT4s or an XT6 in a nice colorway, you're definitely gonna get some likes, you're gonna get some comments, you to get people talking about it. So, yeah, they are very, very hot right now for talking about a heat check. In terms of the future outlook, I'm a little colder here or cooler here on Solomon. I don't know if it can get much better for the brand, but only because it's been so good. You know, I think they're almost peaking right now, and I don't think there's any danger of Solomon falling out of the top five next year, right? Because I think that as long as the product doesn't change and the colorways stay incredible, they're going to be a top five brand, at least in our power rankings. But are they going to land at number two or number one next year? I don't know, because there's a lot of other outdoor brands establishing themselves as key fashion players. You've got Morel, you've got La Sportiva, you've got, you know, even Even the likes of Crocs and and, and other brands are trying to wade into that area and play in that pen. Um, And fashion is cyclical, right? So Solomon's popularity could cause it to become a little bit too mainstream for the tastemakers and the influencers. And then these people that are the ones driving the hype and the ones that are kind of at the forefront of creating the hype on social media might not be posting them anymore and if you see them less you want them less and obviously then uh, you know demand will fall a little bit but like i said i think the product is so good and the colorways are so amazing that there's little danger of them falling completely out of the top five but i don't see the future outlook getting any better if anything it's getting worse but that's only because it's starting at such a high point Then if we're looking at the collaborator roster, there's some pretty notable collaborations. You've got Hidden, obviously. You've got Palace with some really, really nice colorways. And they've generally got a very, very strong roster, but also more of a if-you-know-you-know roster of collaborations. Obviously, the Hiddens and the Palaces are like their mainstream hype, but then you've got brands or retailers such as Uh, Broken Arm, which is a a French retailer who has collaborated with Solomon on some very, very nice shoes. And I, I see that is where they are kind of making a name for themselves. They're collaborating with brands or creators that are not so well known, that have their very own aesthetic and their own niche following, which is always good because you want those diehard community members to like your brand and to like the brands that their heroes or icons are collaborating with. And I think that's what Solomon has realized. They're like, we don't need a Travis Scott, we just need a bunch of really cool niche people or brands or retailers that will collaborate with us. Um, then in terms of their strength of general releases, I would say that Solomon is probably the only brand whose general releases are arguably stronger than the collaborations. The general release Facts. colorways are always so good, right? And I want to I want to get your thoughts on this in a second. But, like, there's some very, very nice collaborations. I own a few as well. And, you know, I'll see them online and be like, ooh, nice. But I would say that around 70 to 80% of the Solomon sneakers I see online or on forums or on social media are generally shoes. And every single season when the colorways get announced, whether it's spring, summer, or fall, winter it's always the general release colorways that generate the most hype because there's always two or three that are just head and shoulders above the rest and people are like, damn, I need these. And, you know, it's it's interesting because the XC4 and the XC6 have established themselves as sneakers that you can almost not have too many of and that is on the same level as, you know, a Samba or an Air Force One or a Nike Air Max One because how many shoes do you really own where you have multiple colorways of those? At a it's the Gel Light 3, the Gel Light 5, the Gel Kayano 25, or the, you know, the, was it, Gel Kayano 14. There's shoes that you can have multiple times, whilst there's other pairs that you probably won't have multiple times. And I think that is almost like a stamp of approval by the sneaker community, that these two silhouettes have basically made it.
1: Yeah, like, uh, just to further elaborate on that general release, I don't know how the Salomon design team keeps coming up with these colorways, but you know, every other brand, they have these shoes that, you know, they'll keep producing colorways that all kind of look the same, you know, like we can say that with Jordan brand, we can say that with even, you know, more recently with uh, New Balance 550s, Um, but with these Salomon XT6s, I don't know how they keep thinking up these different color combinations that are so different from each other. And, they somehow just, a lot of them work amazingly well. So yeah, you're right. The general releases from Solomon somehow better than even the collabs. Uh, I do agree with you that I think it's kind of at peak right now. And you know what's funny? A lot of people listening to this, as soon as you said Solomon and number two, they were immediately like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Solomon at number two, what, what, what are, are they high or something? Um, and I, I get, I've noticed that reaction a lot, especially in some of the comments, uh, some in my videos, um, and that's because I feel like there's a big difference between how popular the brand is in North America versus Europe. In North America, it's definitely quite popular amongst like a niche community, like the streetwear community, the gorp core community, like you said. Whereas I feel like in Europe it's very mainstream, like even the non gorbcore people are rocking it. It's just like a, they just group it in with the other normal shoes that they would normally wear with uh, with their outfits. Like it's it's almost in the same category as like an Air Force One. I feel over here, uh, it's just like a very general shoe. Um, so maybe that's why some people don't realize just how popular this brand is, unless maybe you you know lived in Europe for a bit. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I do think it deserves to be at number two right now. Um, great collabs, just great general releases, and uh, we'll see. We'll see next year when we redo this list. Uh, let's see, let's see what they're gonna be.
0: Yeah, and so the listeners had uh, at number two, Nike, which is surprising to me because, like we discussed earlier, both of us think that Nike has not, you know hit the heights that it had in 2020 and 2021 um but you know i respect it and a lot of you did answer our poll or our survey so it's obviously not a fluke that nike made it to the top two on your list it's just funny that um you know it's so much higher than on our list but i mean that's you know that's what uh, personal lists are all about but coming to number one josh please take it away
1: And I gotta say, also uh, this number one in the audience rankings, it wasn't just like a narrow number one; it was like by far the number one. And uh, same with our rankings. I think we all know what's coming. And number one, it is New Balance. New Balance is currently the strongest brand in the sneaker game, and I would say over the last three years, they have consistently been the strongest uh, sneaker brand. And the most successful thing that I think they've managed to accomplish is that they've successfully gotten rid of that dad shoe company image that they've had for like the better half of the last two decades. Uh, anytime people heard of New Balance, they'd be like, Oh yeah, my grandpa wore those. My dad wears those. Not anymore. The brand has clearly gotten popular with all age groups, not just, uh, and and not just like the, you know, you know, uh, people who don't know how to style or whatever. Like, uh, they're popular with everyone. They're popular with the streetwear community, popular with the gorp core community. It's popular with every community right now. Um, And I just, I don't think it's possible for them to even get hotter than they are right now. They're just absolutely killing it. Um, As far as future outlook goes, you know what they say, when you're at the top, there's only one place you can go, and that's down. So... I still don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But of course, like where else can they go from where they are right now? They can only go down, I feel, because like they're just so head and shoulders above every other brand right now. Um, And I do think they're starting to let's let's call it mess up a little bit. So I did mention the 550s. Uh, You can also group the 650s in there. I don't like how they've handled the 550s. And I think a lot of people agree here. They've kind of made the same mistakes that Jordan brand has done with the Jordan 1 over the last two years where they release new colorways every week and the colorways are all identical looking. Like I'm talking like half a shade different from each other, like so identical looking that I feel like the 550, it was at one point the hottest shoes, period, in the sneaker game in terms of like everyone wanted it. Like it was like the new Stan Smith almost. Everyone wanted a pair in the collection just to everyday wear and I feel like the 550 has started to lose that because of just how many colorways they've released of this shoe and I just feel like it's it's, it's kind of like overdone at this point. So they're starting to make a little bit of the same mistakes I feel like Jordan Brand has been making but um, I still think overall by far the hottest brand in the sneaker game right now a lot of that has to do with their strength of their collaborations. We've mentioned this before where the collaborations are so well thought out uh, and every collab has such a deep story behind it that it's just like this is how a collab is supposed to be. You know, it, it can go from any of the Joe Fresh collabs of uh, we haven't even got it into those Joe Fresh 993s that we'll be releasing this week. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss that later, but any of the Joe Fresh collabs, the Salehi 2002s, uh, of course, like ALD, uh, Emily Dor so many collabs with New Balance, all of them absolutely fire. Um, jound, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the, the list goes on and on and on. The, their collaborations are incredible. And also what I like is that uh, when, when you come to their general releases, Uh, what I like about them is like, not only are their 990 series amazing with the general releases, a lot of really dope colorways. For example, the Teddy Santis made in USA collection. Can we all agree that this is the best collection of general releases of any brand in recent memory? I mean, these are general releases. Look how good a general release can be um but what i like about their general releases is that they they kind of have a different shoe for everybody the 990s yeah it it does fit more into like it's a more chunky sneaker more of a let's call it dad shoe Uh, i like a lot of their newer models like the xc 72 is a great pair the rc 30 very much like a 70s you know vintage retro looking type of shoe I feel like and also they they still do have the 550s, which is like their response to like now we have an everyday shoe that you can wear with anything. So I feel like their general releases are very strong. Even some newer general releases like the 1906R, which is quite similar looking to the 2002, but it's a more of like a performance look, I would say. Even those look at the general release colorways like the white and green, the white and red. I feel those are even better looking than the collabs on those models. So they're doing great. They're hot. The general releases are great. Collaboration roster is amazing. Um, yeah, I think goes without saying New Balance currently the top of the sneaker world.
0: Yeah, I would be surprised if they're not top next year. Um, but we'll see. We'll see in October 2023 when we do part two or the second edition of this power ranking. Um, yeah, and the listener's top brand was also New Balance. Surprise, surprise. So... This is one place that we are very, very, very aligned on. Um, And that wraps up the power rankings for today. Let's go through them one more time for those that forgot. In our power ranking, we've got Crocs at number five, Nike at number four, Jordan Brand at number three, Solomon at number two, and New Balance at number one. The listener top five is Solomon at number five, Asics at number four, Jordan Brand at number three, Nike at number two and New Balance at number one. So you can see that we've got four overlapping brands. The only brands that are different are Asics in the listener and Crocs in ours. And we are very much aligned on Jordan brand at, at number three and New Balance at number one. So I think, you know, we did a great job. You guys did a great job. And it shows that, you know, the sneaker community is pretty much aligned on where these brands fall. Obviously, everything is very, very subjective, but. There's no denying that some brands definitely do it better than others.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Thank you guys once again for answering the survey. Let's. Uh, it's been a great episode so far, but we haven't talked yet about our upcoming drops. Uh, it's getting pretty heavy as we move into the uh, last bit of the year. You, we already know November is going to be crazy, but before November, we got the end of October and coming up this weekend, October the 21st, I think we got one of the best New Balance releases of the year. That is the Joe Fresh Goods collab on the 993, also called the Performance Art Pack. Three colorways, pink, baby blue, and a sage green colorway. By the way, are you getting a pair?
0: i am not because i have too many sneakers that i've picked up in the last few months that i have not worn yet so i need to get back on that but i do love them uh maybe i'll pick them up at a later date who knows maybe the market crash causes these to not resell for too much over retail and i can pick them up with my christmas money if i had to pick one of the three i would pick the green pair what about you
1: I, uh, I've been debating that all week, honestly, because like they're all, you can't go wrong with any of the three, but I think I have settled on the blue one. Uh, I don't own any shoe like that in my collection, like that, like very pastel looking blue. I like it. Uh, The only thing I don't like about this release is the timing, you know, like why is such a spring slash summer colorway shoes releasing in the middle of fall? You know, like, I feel like the timing couldn't have been worse on the release, but either way. Those will be releasing on the 21st of October. And also on the 21st, we got three different Jordan 2 Lows dropping. Uh, I guess Jordan is trying to really hype up this model. Uh, There's the Jordan 2 Low Shelf Life, the Jordan 2 Low Titan 22, and the Jordan 2 Low 218. Honestly, I don't know much about these collabs, but all three of these are releasing on the sneakers app uh, i'm pretty sure they're not going to be fetching too much on the resale market so you guys might be able to get these for under retail if you try StockX. but um they are pretty decent colorways i like that shelf life one i think that's the brownish looking colorway uh pretty decent colorway but not my favorite model um and then moving on to october 22nd uh, looks like adidas is going to continue putting out yeezys because uh, we will be seeing the 350 V2 in the salt core black colorway, just like a very everyday basic pair of 350 V2 is pretty simple colorway that will be releasing on the 22nd uh, American audience on the 27th. You guys are finally going to get the Jordan one starfish, which in my opinion is a top two or top three Jordan one release this year, not counting, of course, the Chicago lost and found, but it's one of the best general releases of the year. Great colorway. That will be releasing in the States on the 27th. And then also we're finally going to be getting season two of the Made in USA Teddy Santis partnership. There's going to be three uh, different models dropping, V1, V2, and a V3, all in the same colorway. It's like this gray, navy, cream colorway. I don't know what the official name is, but look out for those three on October 27th. And finally, on October 29th, all the Jordan 4 fans out there, a very wearable, very nice colorway will be dropping. The Jordan 4 Midnight Navy seems to be both both a U.S. as well as European release on this date. So mark that on your calendars. And I think that's about it for this episode. Appreciate everyone once again for tuning in and all the support on the on the pod. We'll catch you guys next time. JD signing off.
0: See you guys, thanks for listening and looking forward to the next one.